Welcome back to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. We're so excited to be back with you. And this season, we are counting down to JV Connect, the first of its kind, December 12th to 14th, 2023. This is going to be an incredible, dedicated networking event, and you are going to want to be part of it. And this podcast is here to help prepare you to get the most out of this incredible event. I'm Michael Whitehouse, the Guy Who Knows a Guy. And over the next few weeks, you're going to get to hear from some of the best people in the industry about networking, as well as some solo training from me. So be sure to join us on December 12th to 14th for JV Connect. And now, let's get to the interview. Welcome once again to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse, the Guy Who Knows a Guy, and our guest today is Justin J. Moore. Justin is a singer-songwriter with 50 million streams, a social media music influencer with 300,000 followers, and the founder of Podigy, the podcast agency for coaches. He is the host of the podcast, Oh My Pod, which I was just interviewed on earlier today. It's a podcast that teaches coaches how to get the most out of the podcasting industry. We're going to be talking today about networking regarding podcasts and networking in the music space. So welcome, Justin, to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So when we were talking before we started, I figured we might as well kick off with this. You were telling me about the strategy that you've used to make connections higher up the ladder on the music industry than you would naturally have connections to. Share with us, share with our audience what you're telling me before we got started. Yeah, like when I was when I was just starting out and I had like a really small following on social media because sadly, especially in the music world, your follower count, your streaming numbers, your monthly listeners on streaming platforms, that all like makes a difference as to whether or not you're even going to get replies. And so when I was just starting, I had a very small amount of followers, maybe like 2000 or something. And in order to actually reach out to people and to try and get these connections going, uh, because the music industry is heavily um, geared towards the people that you know, and the people who are your friends, um, which happens all the time when it comes to like, you know, songwriters and stuff like there'll be songwriters who have very little talent, but they're really good networkers. And so they're able to get into the right rooms just because their friends bring them there. Um, so it is a huge game of networking and raw talent doesn't always win in the music industry. Uh, but one thing that I was doing, especially when I transitioned from writing pop, pop is very a very uh, diluted um industry in the, in the music industry it's a very diluted genre it's really hard to get your footing in there um just like if you're starting a business it's better to niche down into a specific little area and pop is a huge field of of types of songs so i wanted to get into dance music because in dance music the singers are kind of far in between there's very few singers who do dance music full-time hmm. so i was i'd been recommended to go into the dance industry because they needed writers they needed singers and some people said they thought I'd be good at that. So I looked at who the top performing singers were in the dance world. And I didn't didn't look at the, like the top performing, but I looked at, you know, relatively successful people who I thought may reply to a message. And I think I sent like 30 messages out, uh, DMs on Instagram with my tiny following. And I got a bunch of responses. And uh, I ended up making probably five to 10 connections that... Um, absolutely changed the the course of my life and one of them was was a, a singer in the dance world and he had millions of streams and i knew he was like raking in money with his um, songs that he was selling and with his royalties and everything and i hopped on a call with him for an hour i paid him like 200 bucks for his hour mm -hmm. i learned more in that hour by paying for that 
than I could have learned in like 10 hours going and doing like little bits of research myself. So mm-hmm. I, I think I save money by actually hiring someone and getting everything boiled down into one hour. That's how I think about coaching in general anyways. But this person wasn't a coach. They're not used to having people come out and ask them for advice or for insight on a specific topic. And so I think that he really jumped at that. And a lot of other people did too. And actually one of those people, uh, when I started posting videos of me singing, I was uh, on Instagram, I was like building building popular songs, kind of one voice at a time um, and layering all the harmonies on top. So like starting with the bass, then bringing in one harmony and then another harmony and then eventually the lead and it ties it all together. And I started blowing up on social media because of that. And somebody who followed me was actually the guitar player of Maroon 5. Mm. And he, um, I, I didn't realize he had followed me. And then I saw, I was looking at who viewed my Instagram story and I see, oh, James Valentine, that sounds familiar. I go and like, he's he's the guitar player of Maroon 5. So I was, I was like, that's cool. I reached out to him. I said, hey, like, what's what's an hour of your time worth? Or are you willing to work with me just for an hour and listen to some of my songs and tell me if I'm, if I'm in the wrong direction or if there's something I should be doing better. And I reached out to him and, and um, kind of not really expecting much. And he said, yeah, yeah. What about later today? I'm just, I'm just on the tennis court right now. I can come back later. And a few hours later, I was on a call with a guitar player, Maroon 5. And the funniest thing happened. He, he didn't do what most people in the music industry do, which is they kind of look like they're maybe checking their phone while they're talking to you and texting and maybe looking at when their next meeting is. He gave me his full attention for an hour because I don't think he does this often or gets asked to do this often. And he listened to every single one of the songs that I sent him all the way through. So he didn't skip through the songs like a lot of people do as well. He listened to everything. And by the end of it, he said, these are fantastic. He sent them off to a publishing company that he's close with because obviously he has a lot of connections to the music industry. I didn't end up hearing anything back from that specific opportunity, but having that boost of confidence that the, that the guitar player of a major band had um, mm-hmm. had liked my music, and that all came because I just was I was reaching out as the little guy. I was using my my youth, at, like tw- whatever I was twenty, as a as a a weapon, not as a weakness. And I was coming at them, and I was saying, "I'm really young. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like you when you were my age." What, like, are, are you able to just please, you know, like, and really humbly asking, not boosting my, myself up, not, not coming at him and saying, I got this many things. I got this many people. I've talked to this, this, and this, like, you got to hop on a call with me. I'm about to blow up, man. It's like, no, like I got nothing help. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's, and that's key. What you're saying there is that authenticity. You know, when you try to say like, oh, I've got this, this, and this, and they'd be like, yeah, sure. Whatever. So does everyone else I know. Exactly. Times 10. Whereas if you say, Hey, I got nothing. I got nothing, but you're <laughs> awesome. And could I like bask in your awesomeness and learn something? It's pretty flattering to do that. I, I found the same thing when I was getting into the coaching space that I would I would talk to people who are very successful, you know, really big time people. And I was always amazed when they when they would sit down with me and you know give me advice and connections and resources and all this. And at the time I'm thinking, like, are they just being really generous or charitable or what? And then a year later. When, of course, I reciprocate with introductions. It's what I do. It's the, the, the thing I can easily do. And I was talking to one of them later. And like, oh, you have sent me 15 people. Three of them became clients. Two of them did this. One connected this. Enjoyed venturing here. So for them, it was actually an investment that I didn't realize at the time because I didn't have that sense of myself at the time. Yeah. but Because that's that's the thing, too, is that is that the the 
the guitarist there that you're talking about part it, it may just be he's a nice guy and he's he's trying to be helpful and he's trying to actually provide value mm-hmm. but you're not going to pay attention why even bother exactly but also you know you never know five years from now you might be someplace and he needs something and he'll be like hey just i don't know if you remember me but you're right like, remember you yeah you just never know you never know what's going to happen with people and you just want to treat everyone with respect because you just never know mm-hmm. yeah 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 that, that's a huge huge thing and, and it sounds like and that's one of the things the music industries are mentioning a lot of people uh you're kind of can be like well I, I guess i have some time for you while i'm doing other things yeah exactly um, and, and i and i get that because like now now i'm in a space where i'm running a business that takes up a lot of my mental capacity but i'm also still trying to keep up on my songs and my music side of things and so now if somebody does reach out to me who is very small and asks for something or I, I simply cannot um, answer unless it's the right place, the right time. And it just happens to mm-hmm. not click, but I really like, I, I cannot, I don't have the capacity for that at the moment, but um, so I do get why that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a difference I think between being aware that you don't have the capacity to handle things because you're trying to prioritize your, your mental clarity over feeling like you're better than other people and that's why you don't accept messages and calls and and i feel that like you can feel that in the music industry it's tangible mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely it i think i started to realize that that would be a situation for me in the future uh and that's when i developed my i have an open virtual coffee which is a one-to-one that anyone can drop into and then i also created a uh coaching hour which is now part of a program i have but i still if someone's like, hey, could I, you know, get some of your advice and support? I'm like, well, I can't just give away my time. Yeah. Why don't you drop in on the group coaching call? I won't charge yeah. you for coming in. It's right. part of a yeah. program, but they can drop in. And if they have one or two questions, then, you know, maybe other people in the call will benefit from it. And right. that way it's not taking additional time. So I, I've I've spent some time thinking about, and of course I'm a coach. So I spent time thinking about how can I continue to serve but without giving everything away because there's exactly. ways to leverage. And, you know, and a podcast is a way to do that as well. Yes, that's a, yeah, that's a huge way to do it. Yeah, yeah, so to be able to say like, oh yeah, I did a podcast, I interviewed uh, you know, this guy, Justin, in the music industry. You should uh, check out this the interview I did. I think you'll get a lot out of that. So I'm just exactly. not taking my time. I'm saying, go listen to something that's already recorded. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, and so you said you're, you're, you do um, uh, Podigy which mm-hmm. is the podcast agency for coaches. And of course your podcast, Oh My Pod, which is yeah. great name. Totally, um, thank you. <laughs> so tell me about uh, Podigy and, and what you do for coaches there. Yeah, like it started started about five years ago because I had a couple of people actually from the music world refer friends to me who were starting podcasts. They said, I know this guy who does audio stuff. Maybe he can do a podcast. <laughs> and they came to me and they said, can you do a podcast? And I said, maybe, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Let's try it. And I did, and I actually really enjoyed editing the audio, which is something that I didn't think that I would enjoy. It's quite monotonous. It's quite tedious. But for some reason, it was so... When you're writing music, it's so not obvious. Like, the next step is so unclear, and it's such a... It's like it's like looking for a looking for like an object in the dark. Like, you don't know exactly where you're going. But with the editing, the, the podcast audio, it was like this stable like the the answers were there there was it was clear what was going forward and so i really liked editing audio and i started editing a bit more audio and then it just became clear that audio was not going to be enough for the people that i was working with and 
So it grows and it grows just like business. You get a client that comes and says, hey, can you do this? I really need this. And you say, well, I guess I got to add that because if you need it and I don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. So I started adding, adding, and I ran the business for a few years. And mostly I was just writing music. Like up until up until about six months ago, I was writing, I was writing about 45 songs a month. So I was writing, yeah, like somewhere around 500 songs a year. That was like my that was my whole world. All I was doing was writing songs. And um, so I didn't have a lot of time for Podigy and it kind of fell by the wayside. And just over the last year, since my fiance came to um, Canada from Italy, she moved here and she needed a full-time position to apply for her visa. And so Podigy was a company that I owned and there's her full-time position. So we've been working tirelessly for the last year completely reshaping the entire business and redefining the offer and through that we hired a coach who really helped us a lot a lot a lot built this offer with us and our offer now at Podigy is called the one hour podcast method and what we're trying to do is allow coaches or experts or entrepreneurs to sit down in front of their microphone for one hour a week and from that one hour a week episode they get their entire month of content completely outsourced and done for them in a folder. So the, if you're going to, if you're going to do a podcast, a video podcast in particular, and you're, you are somebody who also needs to create social media content, which a lot of coaches do need to sell through Instagram, sell through Facebook. If you're doing the podcast and you're not clipping content for it, and you're also making content for social media yourself, then you're missing a huge opportunity to just kill two birds with one stone. The podcast itself, if you have the right person to look through the podcast intelligently and then frame the content to fit with your message and everything, then that's the missing piece. And you don't even have to worry about creating social media content after that. Plus, plus, this sounds like a little thing, but, and then you get all the benefits of podcasting. Like we talked about on my show, networking, you get to mm -hmm. meet people, you get to learn about people, you get hundreds of thousands of dollars of free coaching. Yep. Um, you get evergreen content and that can serve as a frequently asked question, question section for your, your clients, or your prospective clients so that you don't have to hop on a 15 minute call to explain something to them. You can just send them an episode. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, it's just like the perfect, it's the perfect answer to a lot of questions that come up when you're, when people are starting their coaching business. And I find that the biggest thing is that people just don't want to make social media content all the time. They don't want to spend 12, 15 hours a month sitting in front of a camera and thinking of content and formulating content and doing Canva stuff and everything. They just want it done for them. Yep. And the podcast is a good way to do that without it feeling like corporate soulless content because it's still your face mm -hmm. and it's still you talking. And so it's like outsourced content without losing the personal feeling of the content. Yeah, so it's recutting existing content, which makes makes a lot of sense. It's funny, so many people are like, you should repurpose your content. You should repurpose this, repurpose that. And at the time, I didn't have a team to repurpose it. Yeah. And so my answer is always, it's easier to just make new than to repurpose. But now that I'm getting to have more of a team and do more delegation, I'm realizing that I can use can use my team and as my revenues increase I bring in additional resources to do exactly that exactly that, yeah. that i've got this growing library of content that somebody could just go through and pour over and be like here's something and here's something and here's something and here's something so there's totally. a lot more certainly that can be done uh, and so you touched on uh, how podcasts can be used for networking and um which is funny because i'm pretty sure you asked me about this on 
on your show. So now I'm yeah. going to ask you on my show. And I'll just repeat what you said on mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so what did I tell you about networking? I forget, no. <laughs> yeah. So talk a bit about uh, how, how podcasts can be used for networking. I, I, I mean, I think we, like we, like we talked about on my show, I think it's, I think it, maybe I'm biased, but I think it is the number one tool for networking, especially the most, like the most cost effective, the, the, the least amount of work for the highest return on your networking activities. I'll, I'll give an example. Cause like, that's, that's one of the best ways my brain works through things. And so we started our podcast Oh my pod. And this was when we were relatively unknown in the podcasting space. We had worked with a select few clients, but we hadn't really put ourselves out there. Didn't create a lot of content, no blog, no email list, nothing like that. We started completely from, from scratch. Uh, and because I, I feel like I naturally am a good networker and, and good with people and everything. Uh, I was able to book on in the first 16 episodes of our show, I was able to book on nine CEOs of huge companies within our industry. So podcasting companies, guest booking companies, stuff like that within our industry. Um, we got one joint venture partnership with the biggest podcast production agency in the entire world. Um, they only work with uh, fortune 100 companies. And so they got a lot of people coming to them who can't afford their services, obviously, because it's probably mm -hmm. in the hundred K plus uh, region. So now they'll refer their coaches to us. So that came from the podcast. And also we got a client from the podcast, which was about $15,000 in our pocket um, from one episode, because we brought someone on the show with no intentions of turning them to a client. That's not how we do things. We really are just trying to build a, a resource mm -hmm. for our audience which I think is the right way to go about it because it's obvious if you're just trying to get clients from it. But afterwards, the guy said, Hey, do you, do you, do you uh, need new clients? Like, are you looking for it? And we said, absolutely. And so that there was a client. So that's sort of a, a laundry list of, of things that our podcast did for us in the first 16 episodes. Mm -hmm. And all I did as the CEO, let's say the, the, the CEO of the podcast, all I did was sit down for that one hour a week and do the interviews the rest of the work I handed off to my team at Podigy. So I'm essentially sitting in place of whoever would be a client in our company. So I worked an hour a week at our podcast. We have over 200 pieces of content on social media from the podcast that's been created from the show for my one hour a week. Uh, all of those professional relationships, connections, the partnership, the client, everything. Uh, now meeting you as well. This is all coming from, from our, our podcast. And this is all networking. This is the the absolute, like I couldn't even believe the types of people that said yes to coming on our show. And these are people that if you said, hey, do you want to come on, do you want to come and have like a, a, a one hour meeting on Zoom? And they'll go, why? And you go, oh, I don't know, not meet. And they'll go, well, what's the agenda? No <laughs> agenda, no. Like, no, I don't have time for that. What is it? What is this? Like I, you know, so, but if you say, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? And my podcast is about, helping coaches learn how to effectively use the, the podcasting medium. And I really want to help coaches do better in the podcasting world and make money from their show. And, and now suddenly there's a story behind you asking them to come and have mm -hmm. a chat. There's a, there's a story that's, that's now been written and they will, they will be more than, ha well, I'm not going to say this for everybody, but you'd be surprised the amount of people that would be willing to be part of that story and to work on something with you you're yep. you're inviting them into a joint project for an hour and and on that project they get to do exactly what they like doing if they're an entrepreneur they they get to talk about what they do and that's like one of the most profound things for for people who um 
who are in the business world, they love to talk about what they do. They don't often get to just be not humble for a second and just talk about what they do. And so this mm-hmm. is like, this is like their free pass. It's like, you can gloat for an hour. <laughs> what do you do? Go. And people just light up, man. They, they really do. And you, you get people in their best state. And then what we do afterwards is we send them a bunch of content that we clipped from the episode and then they share it with their network and they share it with their audiences. And sometimes they have big audiences and that can lead to hundreds of people listening to that specific episode. And so now you've got like exponential growth in terms of your network. You get the one guy who bleeds down to all those people who bleeds down to all the next people. You get more guests from that and the the ball just gets rolling and you're just meeting people within your industry. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredibly powerful. And, and even if you don't do all the, the sending out the content and everything, it's still just having that conversation. Still um, meaningful. Yeah. Out of it and, and you make those connections and, and yeah, it's really, really great. So, so, so some of these, um, these bigger, how did you get, did you reach out to them? Did your team reach out to them? Good question. Yeah. I personally reached out to all of them. We, I do believe in, the delegating, like you said, and I do delegate a lot of stuff. I've just found that people can almost like smell when a VA is messaging them. So I just, I do a lot, I do the reaching out myself and for what did I do exactly? I think what, I think one of the biggest things that I did was I looked at people who had been guests on other podcasts about podcasting. So that mm. was one way that I found, cause I knew that was like a, a surefire way that they're willing to dedicate their time to the industry. Um, I looked at a couple of people who I did have within my network. Um, there were there were a handful of people who I who I'd known from before, but I also looked at like podcasting companies, like AI, uh, new AI tools. You know, people, founders of companies or of uh, software companies within the podcasting industry who might be willing to ho- come on a show and talk about the product that they created. And mm-hmm. so I got some people on from that. Um, I got on the, the, the writer and the creator of one of the most uh, successful true crime podcasts of all time, Culpable, which has 40 plus million downloads. He came on the show. His partner came on the show as well as business partner. Um, so the, the other tip that I would give was is that when you get a guest on the show, you can ask that guest in a follow-up email. You can ask if they have a couple of guests who they would think could be a good fit for your show. And that way you can get a personal introduction from that person and then you've got another guest. So, or you've got two more guests. And so that way you don't run out of people. You just reach out to your past guests and yep. ask, Hey, you were on my show. You had a good time. What else? Who else? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely powerful to, to leverage. And you know, same thing with networking. You leverage each meeting into the next meeting. Who else do I need to know? Who else should I totally should I know? Um, and if you do it well, people will introduce you without being asked as well. Totally. Uh, if you do. Yeah, definitely. If you're really likable. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think another thing I've, I've noticed is sometimes we get overawed by celebrity and we don't realize, like there's there's a couple hundred celebrities who are like true global celebrities. Everyone knows, you know, Oprah, uh, Elon Musk, yeah. Jerry V, Jim Rohn, people like that. But for the most part, a lot of the celebrities in our industry, whatever the industry is, aren't global celebrities. People aren't calling totally. them every day. I remember I when I was in the steampunk space, um, I was able to connect with some of the some of the biggest bands in steampunk, um, which is definitely among the tallest pygmies that, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, these guys are huge in steampunk, yeah. which means they have thousands of followers instead yes. of hundreds of followers. Um, I'm like, wow, I'm talking to this guy. Yeah. yeah. 
that's because I'm super excited, but you know, they're super excited that someone's excited to talk to them. Totally. People aren't, people don't recognize them in the supermarket. And I think yeah. a lot of times if you're in the coaching industry, or if you're in the basket weaving industry or whatever it is, the, the biggest person in your industry, people still aren't interrupting them. In, you know, they can eat in a restaurant without someone interrupting them at the table. That's uh, exactly how it is in the podcasting industry. Yeah. 100%. Nobody really knows anybody. Yeah. The, the biggest people in podcasting still aren't, um, still are not, you know, so famous that they don't have time for a call. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, that's a really powerful thing. Uh, and yes. So and you mentioned you've gotten some business out of it, but you're not, you don't have a sales strategy built, you know, get them in and now they're in the podcast funnel to sell them. Um, Heck no. So, so what do you recommend for people to make sure that their, that their efforts do monetize without making it a sales process? That's a really good question. Um, I think that one of the things that we have found to be really powerful is actually repurposing the content from the episode and sending that out to them. Um, because another thing that that shows, at least for uh, what it's shown for our business is when we create that content and send it out to that person from the episode, um, and we're also the ones who are producing the podcast, we're able to say, look at what we made from your episode. And then after that, we can kind of say, is this something that maybe you would be interested in because you just did a podcast episode? Maybe you'd want your own podcast, something like that. Um, or, you know, like what you what you said in, on on my show, I think is a perfect answer for that. Um, you you follow up and after the conversation and if you feel if you felt on the podcast like there was something in some way that you could work together, you just send a follow up email and um, you've got you've got like a, a smaller um or not a smaller, but a more intimate form of email list, which I think is a great idea. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like st standard monetization practices are a little bit, it doesn't really work in podcasting. Like if you have a smaller audience, you're not going to make your money from uh, podcast sponsors and stuff. Like you need, you need thousands, tens of thousands of downloads to actually make any like significant amount of income from podcast ad placements. Yeah. And so the way that you are going to monetize your podcast is, look in your industry, look at who might be uh, the owner of a big company or uh, within your industry who, who might be a, like a, a good client for you or, um, or maybe you could work with them in some way and you bring them on the show. And by the end of the show, if you've done a good job, they're going to feel a connection to you and you guys have worked on something together, the project, the podcast, you guys have worked on it together. Um, they, they're probably going to be open to the idea of you coming after and, and, you can, you know, you can soft sell after if you've mm -hmm. brought somebody on your show who, you know, could be a good client, um, start, yeah, start talking business with them essentially, if you feel that that's the right way to go, but, but it shouldn't be the, the number one priority when bringing somebody on the show should always be, is this person the right person for my audience? Yep. And is this person going to be valuable for my audience? And past that, there's a plethora of ways that relationships can turn into uh, current or currency down the road. And mm -hmm. it, it's not just from turning someone into a client, but it's from a referral or it's from, it's from them inviting you onto their show. And then that happens or them yep. referring you as a guest to another show. And then that happens or, or like who knows, right. But having these conversations, if you have 50 conversations on a podcast, the odds of, of, at least, you know, 10 of those not turning into some kind of revenue is, is like slim to none. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, and you know, it's just like, it's another form of networking. So 
that exactly that's and that's that's always that's a place where people go wrong in networking too is is you know the, the old joke about the dog that chases the car and then finally catches it and doesn't know what to do with it um that, you know if you met the if you if you met your dream 100 what would you do with them you know yeah. the people who are like oh yeah i wish i could meet richard branson great yeah, then you what? 20 minutes richard branson what are you gonna do with it it's uh, 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 uh. <laughs> a really good point yeah but but i think another point you bring up is the you know it's about having a conversation and and sales really should not be about like i have a product and you should buy it it should be about what is your problem? Not like, yeah. what's your problem? But like, what is your problem? What is the challenge yeah. you face? And do I have a solution that can help with it? Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about, I've got a solution to a problem you have. And, you know, a good sales conversation, you know, it wraps up with, great, yeah, so what's it going to cost me? And yeah. not, you know, okay, well, what's, you know, so the investment will be, but instead yeah. it's like, okay, what can you do? Okay, you can do this and this, and yeah, I could use that and that would be great. And you should really do this. And oh, I could also do this. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. So what's exactly. all this cost? Um, oh, it cost this much. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's this tensionless close because it's not yeah. even a close. It's I want to help you. You want to help me. Um, exactly. I'm, I'm giving you services, so you're gonna you're going to return money in exchange because that's the thing that's the cheapest for you to return. Exactly. And my my business coach said something really cool about this when I was feeling a little bit. Um, just feeling a little bit scummy for reaching out to a lot of people to try and, you know, sell our services. And he said, if you believe that your product is so good that you're doing a disservice to people by not reaching out to them and offering your services, then that's how you know that your offer is good. So the way that I've been looking at it is it's like, there's, there are people who suffer because they could make a lot more money if they were posting regularly on social media, but it literally ruins their life to have to post on social media on the time because it messes with their heads and creates a massive cycle of burnout and then makes their entire business suffer. Then taking that off their plates is something that genuinely can make a massive impact in somebody's life. And that little switch was like, well, if somebody, somebody complains that I message them about my service, it's like, well, so what? Because if the one out of 10 people says, oh, dang, this is really going to help me. Like this is going to make it so I could spend mm-hmm. more time with my kids or this is going to make it so I can be home early for dinners or with with my wife or whatever. Like that, th- there's the space that um, that we're selling is is feels really good. Yeah. Well, it's about approaching from that place of service that, you know, I have a solution and, and especially if you're authentic about it and you're not trying to do that bait and switch, be like, hey, I just want to get a meeting. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but, you know, if you're honest, you're saying, hey, I've got the solution and I don't know if you need it or someone you know needs it or maybe nobody needs it, but I'd love to talk about it. Um, yeah, I, I've had people approach me with cold, cold pitches that I've accepted the call. Right. Either because I was interested because they were very upfront. They were like, this is a cold pitch. I got this. Do you want it? And then I said, oh, I'm like, <laughs> you should hear it. Or I hear it and I say, one, I like your authenticity. And two, you know, I, I appreciate the transparency of you acknowledge that you're not, you know, that you are making an offer. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I know someone who could benefit or maybe there's right. a flight arrangement or maybe, you know, there's something there. But the conversation's got to start from the truth. Um, I, I got a, a pitch from someone who was trying to get on my show that I later realized was his assistant. You're talking about how you can smell a VA a mile yeah. away. Yeah. This actually, the problem was I couldn't tell it was a VA. Really? It was it was his name on the email and it was his name and the signature and it was in the first person. And the, the subject line was something like, I love your podcast. Can I ask you a question? 
Um, and then it said, you know, I'm so-and-so. I uh, found this episode and a link and, you know, I really liked it. And then went on into the, I think I could yeah. provide value to your audience, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and so I replied because he'd been on my podcast once and had spoken on my stage once. And that's how I'm like, uh, dude, this is not cool. Since that would be the third time you'd be on my show. And this yeah. so turned out what it was is he'd hired an agency. The agency was just going out and scraping emails of podcasters and blasting this out to them. And, and so we got on a call and I'm like, Hey, let me give you some advice. And I'm trying to figure out like, what's the solution here? Cause he's already got an agency doing, he's not going to hire me to some, do something for him. Yeah. Although at, by the end of the call, he's like, could you do this? And I was like, well, I, my, it's not a service we currently offer, but I do have all the tools to do it. And apparently better than the dedicated agency you just hired. So yeah, yeah sure. I'll send you a proposal. Yeah. But, but um, you know, what I said is if you're going to have an assistant, send out an email for you, then have an assistant send out an email for you. You know, hi, I'm Joe. I work with so-and-so. Right. Transparency. I, you know, I really liked your podcast. Joe really liked the podcast. I think Bob would be a great fit for your show. Right. You'd be open to discussing it or can I send over some information or whatever? Because now if, you know, if I talk to Bob, not his real name, and I'm, and I say, oh, really, what did you think of that episode that Bruce was on? Uh, 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 uh. Right, because you didn't listen to it. Yeah, yeah, you know, your assistant did. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah, like you can't start a relationship with a lie, even if it's a white that's lie. Such of, good you know, advice. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'll say like never have your VAs manage your your LinkedIn Messenger, your Facebook Messenger. Any of these things are supposed to be you. Yeah, they've got to be you or fully transparent. Like right. as soon as I message you on LinkedIn, your assistant says, "Just so you know, this is actually Susie Justin's assistant." Right. Yeah. his LinkedIn Messenger. Which is, which is yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm talking to you and be like, oh, yeah, I love to send the podcast. And the VA's like, yes, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Like, you know, and, and now you got someone uh, else speaking for you and, it, and yeah. you get that, that deep inauthenticity. I completely agree with that. That's great advice. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's the trick to not offending people. Be you. Don't exactly. Don't let someone else be you. If you, someone's going to speak for you, have them speak on your behalf. You. Yeah, on your behalf. Day. Yeah. yeah. Not be like, oh, I'm Justin. Yeah. <laughs> really? Totally. Are, are you really Justin? Are you sure? People uh, can smell it. I can smell it. Like, it's just, it, and it's so painful. Yep. Yeah. Well, they can't, or worse, they can't. And it's just like, Justin was so nice when I talked to him, and now he's such a standoffish <laughs> jerk. I thought I liked him, but I guess. He's so you know, boring. This must be his true self, obviously, because yeah. if you if you have a good experience and a bad experience, you're not going to say, I'm sure the good experience is the real one. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So definitely something to watch out for. Um, yep. So, so for people who are who are thinking about a podcast, um, maybe not necessarily the level of like, let me hire an agency to do everything for me. Um, but for actually, no, I, I'll ask a question for them. Um, sure. For the people who are more useful for you to reach, because um, obviously, <laughs> if someone's like, yeah, I've, my business is making eight hundred dollars a month, they're probably <laughs> not going to hire you to repurpose all their content, and yeah, it doesn't make sense. But so, who is the who is the person? Who would want to hire you to manage their podcast and repurpose and for which it makes sense to, to start investing in that? So we do have a few qualifications and we are also, we're quite selective with the people that we work because our business is, we literally build a platform for people to share their ideas. And it's just important for us that we're promoting messages that we believe are making the world a better place and not mm. the opposite, right? So we're selective with who we work with. 
But on top of that, we, like you said, hiring an agency to do something like this for you means that you are taking your business very seriously because this is not a cheap thing to do. Um, but it's, I still believe that it's, it saves you money in the long run if you were actually spending the man hours doing all this yourself. So, mm -hmm. um, but our ideal person would be somebody who, like you said, already has an established monthly income, probably somewhere around ten to fifteen thousand mm -hmm. dollars um, or more per month. And the, these are coaches and experts and entrepreneurs who don't want to waste another second creating inauthentic, boring content on social media and who want all of that outsourced for them just by having their hourly conversation with people who they actually like talking to. So it really is a it's really is a shortcut to a lot of the things that people find very painful when they're trying to run an online business. Mm. Um, so I hope that answers that. It's we're, we're prioritizing coaches now because they are the people who we can help the most. And yep. we also like that coaches are in the business of helping people. So then we help people help people and it's like exponential helping. So that makes our work more meaningful. Uh, but yes, we are selective, but if somebody were listening to this and they're, they're a coach or they're, they're an entrepreneur with a, with a program or a product or courses or something like that. Uh, a podcast is the, the absolute number one best way to prove that you are an expert in your mm -hmm. field. And by chopping the content up from the episode, you don't restrict people from only being able to go onto the streaming platforms to find you, but you can also hit people wherever they are. You hit them on Facebook, you hit them on Instagram, you hit them on LinkedIn. You you can turn your podcast into a blog, into an email list, into a YouTube video, It's it, or all of your Instagram content, like what we do. Um, so it's it's just, it's the absolute most amount of, of proving your expertise in all the different places that people hang out. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. And do you only work with podcasts that are interview based, or do would you work with someone who's doing either way, solo, solo, so solo, solo and you'll recut? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Solo uh, can work really well for people because it gives <laughs> you an opportunity to really say what's on your mind. Whereas an mm -hmm. interview, you, you you there's obviously you're not the only person. So yeah. um so yeah, we we don't restrict people. We kind of let people treat the podcast as uh, a representation of their thoughts. And so if they want to have an interview, they do an interview. And then if one week they want to do solo or they want to do 10 solo episodes in a row, go for it. We are there to serve them, not the other way around. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Now, so I know that there's some AI tools out there uh, totally. <laughs> uh, with blanket on the names, but, um, but you know, the ones where you can take a video, drop it in there, it'll cut it up into pieces. Yep. Um, and so somebody listening might be thinking that, wait, isn't that what those AI tools do? What, what does Podigy do that, recording something and dropping into one of these AI choppers. Um, what, what, what do they do for me more than what the AI does? That's a crazy good question. Um, number one would be that when you use these, so there's, there's multiple different tools for AI. One that we use in our business is drop your audio file in, get all of your show notes. So all, your entire episode description written for you. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously also your titles and everything. So it would it would save us a lot of money to ditch our copywriters and to just use the AI. But the truth is, is that the AI can only get us about 70% of the way. And the rest has to be done by a human touch to actually understand the bigger picture of what it's working within. Mm. Um, so on the writing side, on the video side, I can personally attest to this. Veed 
or, or v.io is one or there's the descript there's lots of different tools to clip your content these are fantastic they are awesome tools for people who are starting who have a lot of time time being one of the main inputs it still takes a lot of time to do this on on your own we at podigy are giving you an entire month of content so that means 30 clips so 30 clips on your own even using ai still takes a lot of time but here is the biggest problem with ai which is why we still use editors in combination with AI. We don't actually use the AI to chop the content. Absolutely not. We only use the AI to add in the subtitles and the stock footage because if the AI were in charge of finding the spots, it'd be a little bit strange. I'm not saying it does a bad job at finding interesting moments or or I'm not saying it it it, it glitches when it's like it does start at the right spots, but what our editors do in combination with the AI is they learn the podcaster's business, the podcaster's offer, and the podcaster's, the podcaster's niche audience very well. And there's an entire a bunch of, of characteristics in, our, in documents that we outline on how that person's podcast is positioned so that when we are clipping things, we're not clipping completely random moments about what somebody ate for breakfast or what this funny thing over mm-hmm. here. We're looking for targeted spots in the episode where the host's key topics are are really well represented so that they can share that stuff because you don't just want to be sharing anything on your social media you want it to actually be relevant to what you're talking about so the human touch is still huge especially in the video side of things but also when you're talking about like audio editing i mean really high level audio editing using equipment like this learning to use equipment like this all that type of stuff uh AI just there you still need a human to coach you through that stuff that you still need a human to do the audio editing the way that we do it create the music for you help you do your intro help you write your intro all these things there's there's AI tools for everything but it still takes a ton of time to do it yourself yeah awesome yeah that's a great great point the AI gets you most of the way there but not all the way there totally Um, you still need that last little polish and um, sometimes a bit more depending on the tool, but but usually the AI does do a lot of the heavy lifting and you still need a little bit of expertise at the end. So if people do want to connect with you, where should we send them? Well, I was thinking about that. And if they wanted to reach out to us, it'd be totally fine for them to send us an email at podigypodcasts.com or, um, or no, sorry, send us an email at, at podigypodcasts at gmail.com. And then if they wanted to go on our Instagram, that's at Podigy Podcasts, lots of stuff on there. But if they wanted to learn more about the podcasting industry, if they wanted to um, do some podcasting themselves, if they wanted to just kind of figure out what the heck's going on, if they want to listen to your interview on our show, then they can come over to Oh My Pod, which is O-H, My Pod, Oh My Pod, um, which is our podcast. And yeah, that should that should kind of cover all the bases. Awesome. Well, so that's Podigy Podcast, P-O-D-I-G-Y. Not yep. to be confused with Prodigy Podcast, which is also exactly. a website. Uh, yep. Podigy. If you see a brain with a lot of blue lines, that's not them. <laughs> um, exactly. So PodigyPodcast.com. Awesome. Yep. Well, Justin, great to great to learn your stories and share share things with you and totally. stick around afterwards because a couple of things I want to talk to you about. Awesome. Um, a few things popped into my head because that's what a podcast is about totally that stuff networking networking afterwards so and Sweet. for those of you listening you know where to find all the stuff down in the show notes you can always find my stuff at guy knows a guy.com and i probably have something in the trailer that i pre-recorded but recorded after this interview uh which will tell you all the rest of the stuff you need to do so thank you so much for listening and justin thanks for being here awesome loved it 
Thank you for joining us for the Guy Who Knows the Guy podcast. I'm Michael Whitehouse, the Guy Who Knows the Guy, and I hope you'll join us in December from the 12th to the 14th for JV Connect. Go to guywhonowsaguy.com for more details. Now, if it's after December 2023 and you're listening to this, it's okay because we're going to be doing this event every quarter. So go to guywhonowsaguy.com, see what's new, see what's happening, and of course, check the show notes to learn about our guests and how you can get in touch with them. Check out our next episode for more great training, information, and networking tips from Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people, in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect, jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.